And Liam is going to start us off. Am I now? You'd like that, wouldn't you? You'd like an intro to the episode. You would like one that is kind of like this, that is now the intro to the episode, wouldn't you, George? You'd like an intro. Something like this. Yeah, I, 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 I guess everyone knows that we all, like, schedule the rotation now. I, uh... You would like it, wouldn't you, George? You'd like an intro I... like this. What would you say <laughs> to an intro like this that has already gone on too far that now is the intro? I like them. Well, then you've got it. Welcome to episode 186 of the Dan Sons Podcast with me, Liam Edwards, one of your dad or sons, including my two other dad or sons, Matt Weedman and George Visual. <laughs> Matt Weedman. A lot of commenters have have had a little bit of trouble like telling us apart sometimes, of course, you know. Telling who apart? You and Matt. Oh my god, how what possibly could be the differences? <laughs> How are you going to know who's even talking right now? I know, right? Thank God we have the cameras on, right? That's my unique skill is I have the slightly less, more fake American accent, whereas you two actually have real American accents. Wait, have I heard you try to do an American accent? I don't know why I get this all the time, but people keep saying I have an American accent, which is just garbage. Yeah, that's factually incorrect. I think it's just dumb European. I never notice. Everyone always says, oh, yeah, the guy, the British guy, or whatever. I was like, what? The British guy? <laughs> the British one. <laughs> I was like, I don't even think of you having an accent. I don't know why. Yeah, that's because really I don't, right? What? Like, I did an interview recently with some Japanese mag- English language magazine, right? And the person interviewing me the entire time was Australian, I believe Taiwanese, she might actually be listening because she did listen to an episode of Danson. So I apologize, Samantha, if you are not Taiwanese. Well, she had a pretty strong Australian accent, but we spent like literally 20 minutes talking. And then I said, oh, you know, when I grew up in Manchester, and she's like, wait, 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 wait. You're British? <laughs> We'd been talking for 20 minutes. I don't get it. You sound incredibly British to me. Matt, you're not hearing this? It's hard to pinpoint his, his like, twang. And people say I have an accent. Like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, nigga, I'm from here. What are you talking about where I'm from? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I definitely don't have a twang anymore. And that's because, you know, both living in Japan and having to speak very slowly. You say it and it. And I did not know what that spelling meant until I started hearing you saying it. It's It's like isn't it. But when I like read it in text, my brain was not able to compute until I heard you use that term in like sentences. Yeah, isn't it? Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, isn't it? Also, I've been amazed that words like niggly, you don't use. Oh, ooh, oh, Whoa. oh my God. Oh, I understand Jesus. maybe why you don't use that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that we might need to call the cops. Oh, what do you call? <laughs> I, I want to do a little poll here because I had an argument with two Americans about this. What do you call corn? Like one piece of corn. What do you call it? Oh, yeah. I think I know about this. What do you guys call it? Corn. Corn. No, but like like a, a dada of corn. It's like a, yeah, like a... A kernel. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like on the... I don't want to say it because then I'm giving it away, but like 
on the thing, right? On the cob? Yeah, but what is a thing of corn before the corn on the cob, right? An ear? An right? ear, right? So we, yeah. I had never, ever heard that before, ever. Never heard that. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was like this redneck who I work with. <laughs> I knew it was him. He's just a fucking redneck. Mark, I'm calling you out. Yeah. Well, as you can see, my brother George here. <laughs> George Visual. <laughs> what would you call it? It's more like, like, like Matt, you're I telling am. me you never heard this. No. Never. A ear of corn? Just corn on the cob, right? Yeah. I Googled it. Ear comes from the ancient word ass, which means husk of corn. In English, sometimes the ear also is referred to as a cob or a pole. I've never heard pole. An ass of corn. An ass of corn. I like that. Yeah. Is that why, like, when you eat corn, it doesn't digest properly and it comes out your ass? Is- okay, never mind. <laughs> That's exactly where I went with it as well. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> the same disgusting page. Yep. Just easy. I used to eat corn all the time when I was a kid, and that's all I think about. I thought you were going to talk about how corn is kind of like a catch-all English word for any grain stocks that the village has packed away in their silos. That's a very George answer. Yeah, it was weirding me out when I was reading the ancient history stuff. Like Julius Caesar would say, oh, the Rome is running low on its corn stocks. And I was like, wait a second. I thought corn was a plant native to the new world that wouldn't be discovered for a thousand years later. And no, as it turns out, corn can be used to describe like like wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, America really messed with the linguistics of of some old writings. Anyways, hello. 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 Yeah, I don't think I have a weird accent, but maybe it's just three American bros hanging out. You sound so British to me. Do you think I sound like, Cor blimey, mate. Uh, Cor blimey, governor. How are you doing? Oh, fuck. Does that sound like me or does that sound like an exaggeration? No, it sounds like an exaggeration, but I was going to say you kind of, you almost sound like Yahtzee, but come to think of it, isn't Yahtzee Australian? No, he's British, but he lives in Australia. You sound almost like Yahtzee to me. That's how thick your your accent sounds through my George ears. I don't know if I could. Even I don't agree with that. I don't know if I could. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but. I heard it even when you said that just now. I would have to talk really fast, and I can't believe I'm reviewing Far Cry 6 today, and I hated it because it sucked, and Ubisoft needs to keep getting a new formula. That's my best impression of Yahtzee. Yeah. So the Ubisoft Fun Club subscription is something that uh, uh, some of us have been indulging in here. Yeah. Naming no names, George Visual, Matt Weedman. Yeah, Matt Weedman definitely uh, dived into some Far Cry 6. The famous apolitical game that's, you know, not trying to to send any strong uh, messages one way or another. Far Cry 6 is out. First of all, why, Matt? Why are you playing Far Cry 6? You know, I obviously don't play these types of games that much, right? Like, uh, I've, I've kind of given this up. But, like, you know, I wanted to play something a little different and see, like, okay, what's Far Cry about? Because I haven't played Far Cry in years. That's a very, very funny question, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to play something different. Let's play the yeah. most generic thing that possibly exists right now. I didn't think it would be this generic, though. <laughs> and, like, th- all right, I know you guys don't care about this, by, but, like, it's nice to see some fucking diversity. Like, it's based off of uh, Cuba, right? Like, it's... Right, right. Right, like, that that reminds me of home. Miami. That's fair. 
That's bad. You know what I mean? And the, 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 the voice acting is pretty good. But then the game is boring and like <laughs> pretty shit. I, I, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah. It's like it's trying to be something, but it's not quite just cause for. It's not quite a good shooter. It's like, what is this? What am I playing? The driving is just fucking like, what is this? It's so mediocre. Is that trash? It's mediocre. But the setting is always something like you want. Like, I think the way they always get me. I've played a lot of Far Cry games in my time. And I remember playing Far Cry 5 because I was really interested to see what it would do with its setting. Yeah. And they it was a big load of fucking nothing that could have been an, a much more interesting concept if they utilized the setting for something other than a big blobby, the same big blobby sandbox map with little activities that you've played a zillion times before. And like the series identity has, has historically been all over the place. If you hold up Far Cry 1 next to Far Cry 6, it is a perfectly valid question to ask, what even is Far Cry? What, what, what does that word mean? I, I don't, yeah. And I thought I would get that answer, but I still don't know. They have you do these missions that are just boring. You know, like the only AAA that actually does interesting, hilarious, and offensive missions is GTA. You enjoy those missions. Like, even though it's made in a Rockstar sweatshop, like, them shits are good. You know, like, those, <laughs> those blood, sweat, and tears, they go to something. But this shit is just not, it's not it. It's not it. It's, there's so many other games to play, and I just ended up stopped playing, even though they had some good actors, you know? It's like, fuck. How's the gunplay feel? Is, 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 it, a, is, it, is it satisfying? It's all right. Like, you know, you can like kind of build your weapons up and get trash and put the trash on your guns and make the guns <laughs> better. But more importantly, do you have a pet crocodile yet? Yeah. And I got a, a Teresa, which is like a pet little um, little doggy with no back legs. The really weird looking disabled dog. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird. It's a little. It's a, that is weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. Like, it's cute, but it's also like. Should I think this is cute? Like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I feel wrong a little bit, you know? Is it insulting and disabled dogs or disabled people? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what is this game? Like, is it trying to be Grand Theft Auto? Is it trying to be just cause for it? Like, you got to pull that off. You got to actually, like, nail it. You got to nail it. What are they doing with the towers these days? Do they still have <laughs> Ubisoft towers? No, there's just some random guy that comes out on the street while you're driving. And if you don't hit him, uh, you could get out the car and, and he'll give you a map like, oh, there is a gun that controls the skies. If you take out the military gun, we'll be able to fly over and, and stuff. And just like just random people in different spots that just like <laughs> hand you like these maps. Thanks, bro. Yeah, that's it. That's literally it. Hey, I got a message for you. Hey. I got a message for you. It's like the equivalent of the fucking uh, Fallout 4 guy. <laughs> Settlement needs your help. <laughs> it's like, what? What about vehicle handling? I remember this also no. being a big weak spot. Like, for some reason in Far Cry games, vehicles are way too fast and way too sensitive, and your field of view from your first-person driving perspective is way too limited and has no peripheral vision. And I remember slapping... Far Cry vehicles, I do not remember lasting longer than five minutes in those games. It's the same thing. Oh, no. It's the same... Like, your field of view goes 
to like fucking negative 60. Like it's nuts. <laughs> so you start seeing yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden you're on shrooms. <laughs> like it's just fucking weird. And, and I'm like, I go into the menu. I'm like, why can't, why is this so small? I can't see anything. And then you're just like, all you see, like half the screen is your hands on the wheel. So you just, this is what you're seeing. The top half. Yeah. <laughs> Even me, I can't remember the last Far Cry I played. I'm pretty sure it was the the one that changed everything full. Yeah, what was the setting? That's how you can tell. Which, was it the the, the Himalayas in, in Tibet or whatever? That was Far Cry 4. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, well, Blood Dragon, I think, was the last thing I played that was Far Cry. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, all I can picture is like, what man was doing then where like you'll move the stick left and right but and and you'll do it like very deftly so you can just control it a little bit but the hands on the wheel animation will be like wah, 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 <laughs> yeah like wah, a fucking wah, wah. like it's those just, 90s sitcoms like you're rotating a boat <laughs> so far cry one in in the the far cry primal instinct stuff makes me question how much sci-fi fantasy is supposed to be in far cry far cry blood dragon makes me wonder how much humor and comedy and parody is supposed to be in far cry far cry 2 makes me question how much serious gritty real world political messaging is supposed to be in far cry far cry 3 4 5 and 6 all make me question if it's just like the generic fast and furious of video games like, the series is all over the fucking place. I almost forgot about Blood Dragon until you brought it up, and that is so tonally different that was than fun. so many places before and after. Yeah, fun, but at the same time, it's like, it kind of feels like a more vague branding than Resident Evil. Far Cry means, I think, FPS that takes place in the outdoors, which really does not narrow down a, like, solid flavor of fictional media pop culture product for the teenagers. Is... Gus Gustavo Frings. Is he good? Is he all right? Does he make the game interesting? Yeah. That guy has the chops, man. That guy has the chops. The thing is that you don't see him a lot, you know? As a brand, it also means there's a fun villain. That's what Far Cry means nowadays, too. Yeah. Yeah, but this time they have, like, an actual actor who has played, like, iconic villains, right? Yeah, he's good. I mean, but I really want to get to the end of the game just to see what happens but it's just so much shit. You know, there's like, okay, you get the tutorial island and then you get to the bigger island where you have to take control of th- three separate countries uh, or separate parts of the island, you know, and each island has like the person of interest that you talk to and their own struggle. And then you have to take out the AA gun and all this stuff. Take out the AA gun. Yeah, it's just the same stuff. Clear the path. And I was just like, I can't like liberate the village. Take out this and you'll be my what's friend in Spanish again. Amigo. That still <laughs> sounded incredibly British to me. It's like, should, should I play this or play like To the Moon? As in To the Moon crying? The tearjerker? The, the famously emotional sad game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good writing and stuff. Like I was like, okay. What a week you've had. Yeah, I know. I know. I've I've been all over the place trying to figure out something to like play. And I, I just have like this urge. And I think I found a little bit of it with uh, Back 4 Blood. Yeah, and I've heard they've polished it a lot since I was playing the the alphas and the betas back last year. It was, it was rough back then, but the reviews make it sound like they fixed it up. It's a weird game, but it's fun, too. You can't play solo and earn supply points, which gives you um, the ability to unlock like this battle pass 
sis, uh, supply line thing that gives you like uh, cards, which cards is literally how you play the game. You you need the cards in order to do anything good in that game. You can't just like steamroll everything on normal difficulty, which is pretty much veteran, I think. And Left 4 Dead did not have a system like that, like like a persistent progression thing going on. So like as similar as it looks and feels, like there's stuff going on mechanically that you can crunch that that is going to feel like an evolution from a 10-year-old concept. Definitely. And the game is hard. Really? The game is hard, yeah. The thing is, you can tell, like, if you're not doing a good job because it, the you'll just die immediately. Like, it takes one mistake sometimes. I've been playing on Veteran, and we had, like, a full group and like we would we would be in a steady pace and then all of a sudden something happens like a, a bloater comes and explodes blows me off the stage into the water and i die immediately which sucks to be honest i i wish i wish they wouldn't just do that but uh there's like little things like that they should tweak um because i shouldn't just be blown into the water and die i should be off the side and they can help me up Right, kind of like Left 4 Dead does. Yeah, Left 4 Dead. I think that's how it worked yeah. back then. Yeah, because like one time one of the guys were just like on a railing trying to jump over something and he fell into the water and immediately died. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. It was like, it looked like shallow water and he just died. And I was like, okay, no, this is not, this is not good though. But like other than that, those little things that they could tweak, Especially solo play, because I feel like not everyone wants to play with fucking people. No. You know what I mean? Like, come and on. And my, like, on. favorite thing these days are multiplayer games that you can play solo and still get the unpredictability of real human opponents. Yeah. Like, merging a solo environment with the never-ending unpredictable replay value of multiplayer is, like, something I want a lot more games to do. And bots suck. It's better with people, for sure. Hands down, bots suck. Better with people. But... Come on. I Sometimes I want to knock out a couple supply points to unlock some cards. So when I do play with my friends, I'm like well prepared. You can do a heal build. You can do a damage build. Like all the characters have like their own stats and stuff. It's a pretty good game. Like you get, you can, you get like w even one other person and it feels good. Like especially if you guys are like working together. And doing it properly, like you can steamroll some of these uh these like challenges. And it's random each time you think a horde might come here and it's not, or like because hmm. all the corruption cards that come into play. Like, oh, there's a boss on this stage with this and that. And sometimes it would be in a different spot and just come in and blindside you. It's 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 interesting. It keeps it interesting. So right? so there's actually like a kind of tactics required not not just oh, just shooting into the yes. crowd and making sure not to hit your teammates because i do remember left for dead feeling a little like shallow in that regards and i do also remember the back for blood bait as i was playing last year feeling like a little slower than what i was expecting so maybe that's what they were yeah okay that does make sense. That is why it would be a little slower and chunkier if they were going for more of a tactics thing. Because once you get off of recruit uh, difficulty and you go to like the normal difficulty uh, veteran, you get team damage. So you can shoot your own teammates. And that's the mode I liked playing Left 4 Dead in. Yeah, and you could get a card that if you crouch, you can actually not take any damage and not give damage to your teammates. So people can like... <laughs> shoot over you and you can be under 
and you can just drill people. Yeah, like there's a lot oh, of like man. little game mechanics like that. Really cool cards that you could mix together to make like really cool shit. <laughs> How does that make sense? Yeah, I know, right? Like, so the way to make it see is like one person is crouched under and you're shooting over him. Grenade, get out of the way. Oh, it's fine. I'm just crouched. Yeah, yeah. That's what a picture of the card is. So it's, it's actually pretty funny. So you just like can throw a bomb into a crowd of zombies and it's cool if your friend is there so long as they're crouched. You get a benefit to constantly going through the run without dying because you keep getting more cards over and over and over and over again. So you can build a deck of 15. And if you're starting fresh, you pick, you know, your four cards to start out with. But if you've been playing and you haven't died, each run you get to unlock another card on top of that. So instead of having just four cards, you could have like the full 15 by the time you reach like Act 3 or something like that. Uh, yeah, about how many, uh, levels, how many hours are there in there? Hours? Wait, oh, you mean, like, for the whole campaign? Like, 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 play value, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it took me a while just to go through Act 1. I don't know how long it is. I, I think it's, like, a regular, like, six-hour type thing. It's gotta be around okay. there. Yeah, that sounds decent. For a multiplayer game, you're gonna go through a few times. Yeah, I was gonna say, so... It is kind of, like, a genre that doesn't really exist anymore, right? There was a time when Left 4 Dead basically spawned an entire genre of these things, right? There hasn't been many. Yeah, I, I will no, but there's been a lot of even like games like Far Cry that would do similar things inside their actual games, right? But most were unsuccessful. I remember Warhammer Vermintide. Vermintide, yeah, that was pretty popular, right? Then yeah. there was a yeah. sequel to that as well. Um, yeah. But like that genre seems old and dated Right? Like it kind of feels like, oh, that's a bygone era, like a, a thing from a, a previous time. Payday? <laughs> Payday. Yeah, see, there were quite, there's quite a lot. SWAT. Oh, I wouldn't call SWAT a Left 4 Dead clone. I wouldn't say it was a clone. I would say it was like something similar. But you know what I mean, though? Does it feel dated? Does it feel like a, like a type of game that doesn't really exist? anymore and doesn't need to no it does feel like i've played this before but mm. i don't think it's dated like the way they did it it's not bad it's not the best game ever it's not like oh my god this is this is it guys everyone purchased this thing or played on fucking game pass because it's free on game pass always good free real estate free 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 that's how and, you, and it's cross play too yeah it only costs a monthly fee of money free money yeah <laughs> um but yeah you can play with steam <laughs> friends as well which is what i did but yeah like uh I don't think I would want this whole genre to come back. I don't think there's anything can really do with this genre anymore unless someone thinks about something, something different. But like, I think for what it is, people were probably missing it. I kind of missed it a little bit playing with a, a nice co-op friends against like really hard computers. Like, yeah, that's not like, I don't know what, what, what game has that? Right now, that's fun. Aliens Fireteam Elite released to uh, uh, mildly positive praise. I'm kind of interested in that because it's supposed to be like harder and more difficult. I did read an article about that yesterday that was like, it only has 600 people playing. Uh, well, there's definitely more people <laughs> playing Bag for Blood, I'd tell you that. It's very easy to find a match. Yeah, that, that genre has had kind of a, a resurgence this year. 
Um, there was Aliens Fireteam Lead. Oh, the fucking Tom Clancy one. Tom Clancy's Quarantine Fun Time was um, another one. Like, for some reason, publishers thought people want this this year. And, and there's like three of them competing for the same space. There's, there's Back for Blood and Tom Clancy's Quarantine Fun Time. I think they changed the name, actually. And um, Alien Fireteam Elite. And uh, the, the one that's not released but still looks awfully similar was Redfall, the Bethesda one where you, uh, you're, you're shooting vampires instead of zombies with quirky characters that say sarcastic things. Oh, yeah, that's right. The quirky characters that say sarcastic things. Uh, having gone through the game, Matt, can you visualize a future where those characters are going to show up in fun memes with... With exaggerated no. facial expression. Okay. No. Because that, that happened to Left 4 Dead, and it was fun for a while. It was fun for a yeah. good little while. I mean, it's still fun. Every time you see those random uh, machinimas. Coach shouting for pills. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this is has uh, that quality to it. There's a couple cool lines, but it's it doesn't have that same flavor. You know what I mean? Flavor. Yeah, that same flavor. At least not what i've played anyway flavor and charm and yeah delicious savory yeah valve has like this certain like wackiness to it yeah i i believe a lot of that charm came from like eric wolpal types whose other jobs were writing sarcastic fun articles on the internet before writing sarcastic fun characters into valve games he was a writer though right yeah yeah. Although I'm wondering, like, they did get some of them back on for Half-Life Alex, and you did see some of that charm come through with uh, yeah. your your side characters in Half-Life Alex. A lot of fun little sarcastic quipping between... Yeah, they had Murray, right? Murray and, and Alex. That was very good. Oh, yeah. I remember even enjoying the dialogue with the Vortigaunts in that game. Yeah, yeah. That's what I remember the most when you meet the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't play it, then, is what I'm getting. <laughs> What? I didn't get that. No, no. I, I think it's a good game to try yeah, out. If you yeah. have Game Pass, definitely try it out. I've never really been into that genre. Like, I, I, I'll throw my hands up. I don't find Left 4 Dead that interesting at all. I've tried many, many times. Even with friends. I don't know. It doesn't really appeal to me so much. It's definitely who you play with, man. It's definitely who you play with. Because if you... The difference between me playing with like Pat and playing with some randos or or maybe some people who are just like just trying out the game and maybe they like it like it's just just different. I thought you were going to straight up call him out. Uh, difference between playing with Pat and the difference between playing with George <laughs> versus playing with bots. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we could we could use that example for Hunt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> difference between playing with a Discord and playing with George is completely different. George, George is a least. champion. George is a champion. He likes to solo play. I I remember not getting into Left 4 Dead until I bumped the difficulty up and also started playing the versus mode, which I don't believe Back for Blood has, where you have another team playing as the zombies and they're allowed to die and respawn over and over again, but the humans aren't. Swarm. Yeah, they have it in this one. They do? Oh, thank God. Yeah, that was really, really fun. I quite enjoyed playing as the special infected, actually. You, you had to, like, tactically die sometimes. If you were playing as the big explosion guy, like, like the whole dynamic was making sure you were in a crowd of people who were going to shoot you. It was a real interesting turn-the-dynamics-on-its-head sort of situation. Yeah, that stuff was pretty fun. Yeah. I remember those quite a lot. Yeah. 
man, Xbox days, man. I played a lot of Left 4 Dead in those Xbox days. And it also made it unpredictable. Yeah. Every every match did not feel the same because of that versus mode. But if I wasn't playing versus mode, it would kind of feel like every every round was the same. Yeah. The the director was not enough, but but versus mode was. Uh this one will kick your ass. This game will kick your ass. And I like having my ass kicked. Yeah. It's it is fun. God, I love misery. Yeah, I, we we know. <laughs> Can I talk about misery for a second? Okay. I watched Dune. Oh no. <laughs> Don't you dare. Are you a fan? Did you reread through the 900 page tome <laughs> to get yourself in the mood first? I watched Dune and IMAX on the weekend. It's like the only thing of highlight. I, I just carried on playing Metro Dread. I'm still loving Dread. Are you? Oh, wait, how far did you get? <laughs> I don't think you're going to finish this, Liam. Wait, I, no, no, no. I got to the fifth area. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. You're getting close. You're not there, but you're getting close. No, I know. I'm doing, I'm get, I'm, I'm doing my bite-sized. I play it for like 20 minutes, and then I'm like, this felt real good. And then, I'm, <laughs> you know, I get like a new power-up. <laughs> 20 minutes. Yeah. You're not you're gonna drop that shit. Dude, I got to the fifth area. Come on, man. I've played like four hours. Do you know how many times you backtrack in that? Getting to the fifth area doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but I know that. I've got the morph ball and the bombs and everything. I'm 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 going. And I'm I'm enjoying it. What is the last uh Emmy that you destroyed? What's the last one? What color? The one after the green one. Did you get the yellow one yet? I don't think so. Are you? Did you meet the yellow one? I beat Craid, or the first time. Okay, the one that moves extremely fast. Maybe not. You haven't got that one yet. No. Okay. Ooh, that's the one I I, I want to hear you rage at. Okay. I know you love Emmys. Emmys don't bother me. They're just boring. I just run away. Like I don't know if this one breaks your uh, just your uh, cloak. We'll see. Your invisible cloak. Did you use the invisible cloak for like anything other than the Emmys? No, I didn't. I didn't use it. I use it for Emmys sometime, but not a lot. Oh man, it breaks Emmys for me. I just turn it on and they just walk past me. I'm like, see you later, boys. That does I'm not work here. for me, man. They touch me. I'll be uh, in the corner, uh, pressed up against the wall, and they'd be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna climb up the wall now and just come touch you," and then that's it. It's like fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so I've been playing that and I'm having fun. I also downloaded Sora. Sora? Even I'm proud of you for looking past your of prejudices and your, wow. your prior negative experiences Look, to, to embrace a new member yeah. into your community. I'm if nothing but open. <laughs> Whoa. And he is, as expected, floating and kind of boring. Okay, okay. All right. But it's fine. Now Smash Brothers can end and will forever live on in my heart, my kingdom hearts. I can't, I can't wait for a Smash Ultimate XD. Yeah, me too. And then they'll have Goofy and, so, and, and Donald. <laughs> Something that won't live in my heart for a long time is Dune. <laughs> oh my God. So I don't know. I need to preface this. I need to preface this, guys. Why? I have not read Dune. I have attempted to read Dune. 
It's intimidating. It's a thick, big ass book. It's not though. It's only 400 pages long usually, depending on which one you get, which it's not that long. I mean, I'm holding right here. I was reading before we started recording the Stormlight Archives third book, Oathbringer. Now look at that. That's over, how many pages is this? I'm literally counting as I haven't met. This is 1,200 pages. This is two dunes, almost three dunes, okay? Well, three of the first dune. Anyway, big books, not necessarily a problem, but it's the impenetrable language with which Frank Herbert writes with that makes it quite a droning task to get through. But I have friends who swear by it. So maybe one day I will get through it, but it will not be because of the Denis Villeneuve film. So I also have never watched the 1984 David Lynch David Lynch movie, which, yeah. you know, arguably most people say is terrible. Oh, I have at least one friend who likes it. It is, however, a film that got me Googling a lot about Dune afterwards. Never enough to read the book, but to read, you know, Wikipedia pages about what happens in Dune and stuff. So I was interested in the world. So I think this question can be easily answered by, did you like Blade Runner 2049? Yes. Like a lot? I didn't see it. Okay. So George is out of this. Like, did you like it a lot, Matt? Or, you know, you were okay on it? So it's a slow one. Yeah, I did like it a lot. Oh, there you go. Okay, right. Take that word Mm. and imagine a three-hour movie, almost three-hour movie, right? Where most of, of course, because it's Dune, most of the shots in the movie are going to be very aesthetically the same, right? A lot Mm. of sand, okay? Three Mm. hours that felt like 10 hours and you watch most of the movie in fucking slow motion because uh, uh, continually they replete the same visions that Paul Atreides has over and over again with the same Hans Zimmer, like, bongo soundtrack in the background. Continually. I haven't heard that before. Oh, you just Google Dune soundtrack for 2021. Oh, no, no, no. I haven't heard you make those noises before. It's like that kind of thing, right? Like very of a type, right? With some bongos. Not bad, but very, very samey. I love Um, some sci-fi, man. It's not like I didn't enjoy it. Like I can't say it's a bad movie because it's not. It's not a bad movie. And I think Dune is meant to be this unfilmable film, right? Because it's so big and thick. No, but I just don't (laughs) think that the beginning of Dune lends well to being a film. Honestly. Because this is part one of two parts. And in all of the marketing, they are very purposely not pointing out that this movie is just part one. Because they have no idea if they'll get to make part two, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It is very much a part one and ends at a point where you're like, well, this was getting interested and I spent all that time fucking building up to this and now I ha- you've blue balls me. Now I have to fucking wait. And uh... I had to suffer through a lot of b- droning, boring, like continual re- repetition. And there's a lot of weird scenes in the movie that don't need to be there 
And there's a lot of stuff that does need to be there that isn't there that just would explain the... Like, everybody talks about Dune. Like, it's basically Game of Thrones in space, right? It's like political houses going out again. It's this big betrayal of House Atreides. And, oh, my God, the emperor of the entire galaxy is after this one house because this one house, you know, is rising up and they might have, like, the god emperor appear, which sounds interesting. Do you ever get to see any of that? Hear anybody talk about that or anything? No, you do not. Mm. <laughs> no, you do not. And there's a lot of dumb. There's a lot of dumb dumb in it as well. Like there's an entire plan that all hinges on one character and whether he does something. Literally an entire galaxy army hinging on whether one dude turns some shields off. It's kind of dumb. People are probably going to be screaming like, Dune's amazing, how dare you? But honestly, the movie, kind of boring, just boring, like impassively boring. It did make me want to read and Google like, okay, Dune, interesting universe, let me know some more. So I spent the past two days doing a lot of Googling and I pretty much know all of Dune without having read the book. Now I'm satisfied. Sandworms, cool. Giant political houses scheming against each other. Cool. Do you really see any of that in the movie? Not really. The acting is fine. As you'd expect, the cast is pretty stacked. I liked Oscar Isaac as uh, Leto Atreides, his dad. Oscar Isaac, what a beautiful man. Yeah, he's beautiful. And there's a moment in this where he's he's vulnerable. And Mm. you'll know what I mean. Mm. 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 God. But the best best is... um, Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, yeah, yeah. He plays Baron Harkonnen. Harkonnen. And he's pretty menacing, actually. He's very, very good. The Skarsgård family. Yes. You know, his son is it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Man, I, that guy. I, I feel like he's the, the pretty one. Not yeah. the other one, yeah. right? <laughs> Am I the only one? Because well, people his are dad? like, oh, his, his, his family's pretty. No, like, I think it. He's pretty. And his little mouth thing mm. that he does for fucking it. It's crazy. Well, his dad is uh, is very good in this film. His dad? Oh, okay. Shit. Well, that's that's his dad. You didn't like Foundation, so I guess you don't really like sci-fi slow shit. No, no. get No. Stop it. You didn't like Foundation. Foundation is pretty good. I saw that I didn't like Foundation. Foundation was like a lot of... Imagine a spectrum of intrigue right like Mm -hmm. you know sci-fi intrigue of like political houses and political dealings and stuff on the on the extreme end of the you're kind of going overboard and a lot of this is flying over people's heads you have foundation yeah and then on the like other side in the denny villeneuve movie for dune you have like next to nothing you just have basic Here's one house. Here's another house. They don't like each other. There's an emperor. Emperor is doing something for some reason that we don't really want to tell you or show you because we haven't shown you who the emperor is. And then shit happens. There's these witches. And, you know, Paul is pretty special for reasons because he's training in two different things that he shouldn't be training in. So it's old school. The whole, like, the whole galaxy depends on one white man. 
you know, that type of thing that's been around for like years and shit. That's basically it. This is the OG of that. Yeah. This is the OG. This is the big OG. Okay. I mean, the movie is more allegorical uh, because the book is too, towards Islam, right? You know, mm. in the wider picture of Dune, they go on a jihad, you know? Yeah. And he's named, uh, what's his name? You know, they call him something. Basically, he is Muhammad. Like he's the prophet. That's the idea uh, of Dune. Right? Paul Atreides becomes like this all-seeing, like emperor. You know. I wonder how that would uh, play over with American audiences if uh, if it was made in earlier years. Fuck them. Well, it was. It was made in '84, wasn't it? Well, I mean, <laughs> between 9/11 and now. Oh, well, like get yeah. the fuck over it. Like, what the fuck but in Denny News film, it is not because none of them look Islamic or anything. You know, it doesn't reference that concept art of yeah, the Fremen. I... The Fremen look like kind of like cool warriors in the sand. There's a lot I didn't understand. I also didn't understand why the Emperor has a personal army of literal like sacrifice murder cult people. I don't know. I'd be interested, Matt, for you to watch it. From a cinematography standpoint, it's very beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. I'll probably like it just for that. But yeah, if it is dumb, then I'm probably not going to like that part of it. I don't like the dumb shit, man. I don't like the dumb shit. See, like 2049 was slow, right? And it had a lot of drawn out scenes. Yes. Right? Like a lot. Oh my God. Dune yeah. takes that to like the next level. Dune takes it Oof. to the next level, but also doesn't really have cool, interesting aesthetics to look at outside um, of some massive spectacles of sand. That kind of sounds weird. Arrival. Incredible. Great movie. Yeah. Same slow shit. Same slow shit. But like teasing you with like what is actually happening. Whereas Dune doesn't really do that. Dune is like the music drawing you in. Fuck yeah. You know? Yeah, Dune doesn't do that. Dune's like, here's the setup. They go to Arrakis, and then shit happens. Okay. But it's all very slow, because Paul Atreides needs to think about things. Shots fired. I'm, I'll probably watch it before next week. Um, it comes out cool. on the 22nd, right? So I'll probably be watching on HBO Max. Yeah, it's already out in Japan in the cinemas for some reason. I don't know why. Japan got bombed early as well. I'm not really sure what's been happening, why Japan is getting stuff early. Oh, well, you know, you guys you guys need some happiness. You, know? you guys are not getting tourists anymore, right? Keeping us out. You guys, oh, you guys yeah. need some flavor. You guys need some flavor. You guys got the dirty disease. Stop yeah. it. Stop giving us the dirty disease. The U.S. doesn't like to take vaccines. It's so funny you say that, just before we move on. There was a breaking news report, and I was like, oh, fuck. It was like, breaking news, corona. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And it said, today is the lowest amount ever recorded since corona started in Tokyo. 40 people in a city of 33 million people. 40 people. We're doing okay again, kind 40 of. 40 people what? 40 people what? 40, 40 new infections that day. Oh, that's low. That's a low number. That's the lowest since corona kicked off, essentially. Meanwhile, in Freedom Land, <laughs> Freedom. did you guys hear that Dennis Prager got COVID? And he's saying that he deliberately wanted to get COVID. Is that the university man? The man who makes the fake yeah, university? The YouTube channel called Prager U. The guy behind that is a uh, conservative radio talk show host. And he uh, announced he has COVID. Congratulations to him. So, you know, he might 
die in a couple weeks, depending on how his body handles it. But he's saying that he wants he wanted to get it. It was deliberate, you guys, because he wants to show the the truth of how not a big deal it is and and expose the the liberal media's lies. You've got to be fucking kidding me. What is wrong with you? What is his excuse when he dies? What's more annoying is if he doesn't. And if he doesn't get any symptoms because he's yeah. he just doesn't get any symptoms. I'm pretty sure so, I had it and I didn't get any symptoms, but it doesn't mean people should fucking get it. Oh, is he vaccinated? Has he told no. people he's vaccinated? No, oh, he said that he staged shit. an event over the week where he wanted to hug and contact everyone. He was deliberately trying to to get it. And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, are you guys familiar with the uh, the concept of bug chasing? No. Is this kind of like a the, what the parents used to do to share sickness for their kids? Except adults doing it as a sexual fetish. It's when you like love licking up your partner's germs and getting sick from them. Dad, dad, what? I'm into some weird shit, and I haven't even and heard so of that. so is Dennis Prager. <laughs> what the heck? I'd do that for you guys. No, you wouldn't. You Come here, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Come here, George. I'm, pr- I'm pretty I'm pretty clean. I keep I keep it tight. Give me those Californian gems. I'm going to mix those Californian gems with that Georgia gems. Yeah. That's East and West Coast, all up in your mouth. Yeah. A freedom <laughs> stew. My internet is is misery. I spend way too much time reading that garbage and, and following these, these garbage people. And I wanted to share some distressing news. Oh. Uh, this weekend, I I did oh. some some deep cleaning. I I, I I had a weird stomach bug, you know, a 14-hour George bug. I spent a day vomiting. So I made a HelloFresh taco kit, and I think I should have rinsed the cabbage. Why do you always poison yourself? I thought you were a chef. It's always like, like vegetables. You realize that? It's always vegetables. It's always vegetables with you. <laughs> they included a bag of shredded cabbage. How long was it in the refrigerator? Uh, four or five days. But I, I think I was just supposed to with the ice rinse pack? the badge bag tap. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was with the ice pack in the box. Oh. But anyways, I got I got sick for a day. I, I suspect it was me not washing the cabbage good enough. And the next day, I uh, decided to do some deep cleaning around the apartment and, and like, t- 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 fucking tear down the furniture and vacuum underneath it all. I took apart my computer, sprayed through it with the dust cleaner, and, and vacuumed out all the little bits of dust that had collected over the year. And when I put it back together, the valve index was not working. And that's happened to me before quite a few times. And I gradually figured out that if I just take everything apart and put it back together again, it'll eventually work. And yesterday, it just didn't. It never never came back to life. And what kills me is that I actually was playing it hours before, before I went to bed the previous night. I, I had it up and running and was verifying that it was working before I took everything apart the next day just to, like, test it and make sure that my problem was 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 that it some sort of of connection going on there will no longer want to talk to it if you take the computer apart and put it back together again and it's just just like oh it's the most frustrating fucking thing in the world and i hate it yeah, yeah that's that's all you know you know that that the system that no one likes oculus rift mm, yeah led by a shit company who's leaving the charge and everyone else is just sitting on their ass 
yeah that that released in uh um you know like 2016 that you're not able to play if the service goes down yeah i that still works that's cool thanks i didn't pay that much for it that Facebook money, you know what I'm saying? That Facebook money is good. Matt knows all about that Facebook money. Oh, yeah. I know, oh, oh, I know yeah. all about that Facebook money, boy. Cold yeah. out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Facebook is paying me to say that. That's 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 what it is. I wish. I, I already coerced my friend to get an Oculus uh, Quest 2. You should, you should get one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't want to contribute to a company that helped stage a coup and uh, <laughs> you know perpetuate the Rohingya genocide in, in Myanmar <laughs> or wherever and refuses to take down anti-vax propaganda because it makes them a little bit of advertising money. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Can I say this on the pod? What? Who knows? You're about to. If people, it, it, Liam has hinted to it like for for like a whole year now, but uh oh, the editing house that I I work for, I've done stuff for Google and and Facebook, and so I hear them talk about all this stuff and how like it's 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 funny they deny all your shit like oh yeah of all your shit and it's so interesting to come to the podcast hear you talk shit and then go to work and edit you know. Uh, Zucky fucking talking about how he doesn't steal your information and shit. Like, it's the most polarizing. And he absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> when people aren't giving it up willingly because they don't know better. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, he basically, like, monetized boomer ignorance and boomer anger into a very profitable but destructive company that I, I, I will not support. Yeah, you know, um, I always make jokes, but I got to say, like, Facebook has probably <laughs> put a lot of these crazy fools on the map because um, there's a lot of them out there. More every year that passes by, I'm like, man, I didn't know it was this bad. The first time I, like, heard it in real life with my family, it was just like a real shocking, disappointing moment. March of last year in 2020. I absolutely remember it like it was yesterday when I was on the phone with my aunt and she was saying more people are dying of the flu than of coronavirus. And you can't trust Bill Gates because he poisoned all those children in Africa with his killer <laughs> vaccine. And I'm just like, I know where she got that from. I know where she got that from. It's like Christ. I want to hate her, but then I also just feel sorry for her. Yeah, yeah. One of the most fascinating dynamics to this is that old people oftentimes don't know that their Facebook feed is an algorithm of recommended user-generated stories. Like, yeah, what you're seeing is fucking because you want to see this darker. They think it's like a newspaper or a magazine or a TV show where there is an editorial board of journalists fact-checking the stuff that shows up on their front pages. They don't know that it's an algorithm. They they probably don't know what that word means. Yeah. And and so like like it it happened in 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 my family. Like the there are there are multiple boomers who are genuinely believe at least as of last year in March when I remember that conversation that that more people were were dying of the flu than of coronavirus at the time and that the masks would lower their oxygen levels. 
and that uh, the the liberal media was just making a big deal out of uh, something that was more like SARS or, uh, or, or, or swine flu than what it out ultimately turned out to be, which has killed a million people. No one talks about that when we talk about the labor shortage either, is that a lot of those laborers fucking died. Um, anyways, hi guys, I'm George and my valve index broke. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think you should just email, you should email valve at this point with a link to your index video and be like, uh, it's out of warranty now. If I lived in California, I might be able to get them to fix it. Apparently in California, it's fucking illegal to have a only one year long warranty on electronics for $1,000. I'm kind of nervous because I have a Steam Deck pre-order and George's, let's say, grievances yeah with the, with the valve index is not giving me hope i mean i hear a lot of great things about the steam deck but you know but but i also i think typically clarify that it's kind of the exception of their lineup like i have bought a lot of valve hardware and the valve index is the one and only one of them that has been unreliable because i do love the steam link and the steam controller to death those and those are still working fine after all these years um but the one good thing about about my life right now the one thing that like makes me think that maybe Maybe we're, in, we're, we're not in such a bad timeline after all. The one shining beacon of light on, on the social media, internet, user-generated, algorithmically uh, 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 programmed feed that has created new media, the, the one piece of, of new social media that I think is genuinely better than a lot of the old stuff that I'm watching right now. Damn, I thought we were going to talk about One Piece. Oh, no, I was going to talk about my favorite YouTube channel right now. Um, Fall of Civilizations. Uh, they they just released a new video about the Assyrians, and it's insanely impressive. This guy has got like drone footage from Iraq of like the hole in the ground that ISIS had bombed these archaeological sites from. And I just I can't. And also somehow there's footage of like ancient Greek reenactors in full armor, and it's not cheesy and it's well shot. It it is genuinely better than than like the BBC PBS documentaries that that have millions of dollars poured into them. I don't know how he does it, but um yeah, Fall Fall of Civilizations makes these like 3-hour long history documentaries of a guy just explaining entries from the primary sources. Like he'll he'll read the actual diaries from from history. He'll read the actual laws from history straight from the source. It's not like cheesy i i mean it's 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 dry and dull but i don't find it boring but the most impressive thing of all is the lengths that he's going to to get this footage i i can't imagine what sort of of hoops you got to go through to fly drones around sensitive sites in iraq for 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 footage i i i can't imagine who you talk to to set that up what kind of panic it gives to the locals and how um, the actual footage is is basically of bombed archaeological sites that have already been bombed, and somehow a YouTuber is allowed to fly drones over them and, and get footage for their 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 free internet documentaries that somehow has like a higher bar of quality than old media. You think he flies over there? I don't think he does. does he? Or he might have a guy over there. I don't know. It's He probably has a guy, right? Yeah, it's it's famously difficult ever since 9-11 in the Iraq war to film documentaries in this place where civilization literally began. But he did it. He fucking did it. It's amazing. That's all. That's that's the good. The good and the bad is that I uh, 
vomited for a day and then my valve index broke. <laughs> Take the rough with this move. I like the, the there was a positive spin this week on you, George. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, the, the, the title no. card is is haunting and beautiful. It and like sans aerial bold font the whole screen will be filled from left to right with the letters fall of civilization and the background is like a lump in the ground that used to be a giant beautiful ziggurat palace and now it looks like it literally melted and it's those words combined with those images it's it's like cinematography on top it's three hours long Mm -hmm. and for some reason it doesn't feel like it at least when, you know, I'm rolling around in bed watching it with Eddie on a tablet. That's the whole of Dune. <laughs> I would rather watch this stuff than, like, entertainment movies. Well, this actually has an empire falling instead of pseudo-empires falling. Just part one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is part one through three of the empire falling, not just one. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure the drone footage and stuff is not, like, stock footage? In which he's paid for? Yeah, I'm not totally sure. In which case, it's still impressive stock footage. It says, Drone photography of Mosul and Assur by Mohim Al-Wasabi. So he obviously... Maybe he has, does have a guy. He has a guy. He's a photographer journalist from Baghdad. So he must have hired him to do it. So that makes a lot of sense. Or he purchased his footage. Mm-hmm. And and on top of beautiful drone footage of the modern archaeological sites, like he'll restore the the ancient stone bas relief with uh, like coloring and Photoshop, so it doesn't look all just gray and sand colored. And uh, oh, also, I tried to watch one of these before. Also, there's there's some some fancy 3D CGI recreations of the the empire too. And can you hear Eddie whining in the background? No, but I could hit well, droning. He is, and he's been extremely restless. Like, like I said last he's week, he's like, Dad, why the fuck are you talking about Iraq again? I, I, I think he has gradually like grown to being a normal Jack Russell Terrier at this point. Well, then you've I, done your job very well. Yeah, but Jack Russell Terrier shouldn't live in tiny apartments in in the city. Um, arguably. You live in a bigger apartment than mine. I can, <laughs> he seems a pretty aggressive city. with that rope or whatever. Yeah, he's we're, we're tug of warring right now. But um, <laughs> I I I looked up some some videos on what Jack Russells were invented to do, which is hunt rats and foxes. And uh, when Jack Russells were invented to hunt foxes, it's the most wasteful horrible, infuriating thing I've seen on YouTube in a long while. Uh, British aristocrats will put on their red coats and trot with horses yes. with a giant horde of like 50 of these dogs to yeah. hunt one or two foxes through the countryside and it takes all day. Yeah, And then I looked that was, up what... That was practiced up until very recently. It, it's supposed to be illegal right now, but apparently they it is. still do it out of cultural heritage somehow. Like, Fuck them. Yeah, because awesome. the law doesn't apply to rich people like it does to the rest of us. When when Jack Russell's hunt rats, it seems like a much more uh, uh, efficient 
timely process. The the farmers who have a rat infesting their field will kind of sort of just like jab a pitchfork into the ground and loosen the dirt. And then all of a sudden, like 12 rats will scatter in every direction. And the dogs will bounce over, grab one, and give it like two flings, and then just drop it. And the rat's final terrifying moment of life is over in like 10 seconds instead of the entire day-long chase these foxes go through. And, and they have like four dogs running around the field instead of 50 that are packed up in these tight cages their whole lives. And uh, so I tried to get Eddie to chase a rat through the parking lot of the building. What are you doing, <laughs> you brute? <coughs> I thought he would have fun. Did he? <laughs> For 10 seconds, and then he decided to poop instead. Because <laughs> he realized so, he was like, I ain't catching that. I, I saw a little rat scurry this across is not the what parking I was lot for. In, in the middle of the night. It's supposed to be. Yeah, I, like a hundred years ago. I was I was walking him around, and when we were going through the parking lot in the middle of the night, a, a like like big city rat was scurrying across the greenery of the parking lot. And so I got him to slow down, and I pointed at the rat and was like, look at that. What's that? And Eddie didn't know what the hell was going on. So I walked him closer to where I saw the rat, and that's when he picked up the scent. And it was genuinely kind of cool to, like, see the dog just kind of automatically know what to do. He put his nose on the ground and started following and he was like pointing and everything. You ever see a dog point? No, they don't so, have fingers. So yeah, <laughs> dogs that are <laughs> bred for, for hunting have this pointing instinct where once they think they found the, the targets general direction, they'll like raise one leg and stick their tail like, like, perfectly vertically and just kind of look real intently in the direction of where where their prey is supposed to be and he was doing that and for 10 seconds it looked like he was having the time of the life he was he was real real intensely following the scent and then i saw the rat actually shake the bushes around and, and his ears were perked up and he, he 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 feverishly chased after it and almost pulled the leash out of my hands but then after, I want to say exactly 10 seconds, he lost interest, decided to poop in the bushes across the way, quite far away from where I saw the rat. And then while I was walking around trying to catch up with him, I stepped on some crinkly trash paper that made a noise and it scared him half to death. <laughs> so, so I, A I, true I, apex predator. I, I don't think he knows what he wants to be. Jack Russells are supposed to be extremely hyper and destructive and hard to take care of if you coop them up indoors all day. Unless you're George Weedman, who seems to have controlled his, his Up steed. until the past couple weeks. He is now wanting to play and run around way more than ever. And and whatever I can give him is is just evidently not as much as it used to be for the first two months he was around here. I think you should pat yourself on the back. You sound like you're once again looking for the negative and something that seems very positive. No, we, no, you know, it's, Eddie's. It's not yeah. negative. I I just think his his qualities and and behavioral quirks and and which was kind of sort of related to the trauma he went through are are fun and quirky to observe and interesting and have a little element of humor. But I do worry that I might not be able to give him enough room to run around in here. That is the one. Well, that's the whole point of cloud. taking him out. He is a small boy. Mm -hmm. I think you uh, should uh, you know focus on the fact that. You did a great job. He now seems to be very comfortable and very playful and 
And a little should, bit uh, more like like a terrier. And when he first got here, he was like a chihuahua. He was he wasn't a terrier. He was terrified. Well, with that. <laughs> yeah, with that, we should go to the news. And there's a topic here that we should have Matt on for us. Well, well, I, I, some fun stuff and, and weird stuff has, has still happened. Uh, fun stuff in the beginning, I want to say, is the um, controversial release of Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, which is not reviewing well Depending oh, on really? who you ask. Because it was trash? I was going to say, I thought this was doing okay. So the consensus is that the fighting gameplay is for super duper hardcore Smash fans, but everything else is extremely unpolished and janky. And all that's there is like a balanced, surprisingly hardcore fighter with oh. like shit posty meme characters doing the fighting. Um. Really? To promo this release, the best novelty Xbox skin I've ever seen in my life. I have never wanted anything more in my life. Oh my god! That's it. Looks Xbox. so good. It looks so much better okay. than than like the That's the other dope. stuff they've done. It is so perfect. <laughs> it it fits the character. It conveys humor. If you're sitting on the couch playing video games, I don't understand how you can't just take a glance at your SpongeBob themed Xbox Series X and not have a good time. The 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 Ninja Turtle one can just go throw itself in the landfill where it'll be It doesn't make years. Yeah, but it, the it SpongeBob work as well one is the SpongeBob one. Yeah. Oh, the SpongeBob one's brilliant. God, it's so good. Just, just like a, a solid pants. Come on now. He has. Uh, we'll come a, to think of it. It looks like there's only one pant. Pants. I know. That's well, what I don't. I don't see a seam. There's. There's not two legs. He just has one tube coming out of his lower he's, half. He's folded them in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm. I'm trying not to fall in love with the uh, SpongeBob Xbox Series X skin. I. I might give Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl a try, but keep your expectations in check. Apparently, it's 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 really unpolished and and weird and janky and doesn't have a lot on offer unless you're a hardcore Smash fan. Which you know, at least one I of us. I don't in here know are. if I agree, man. I've watched some really janky ass videos of that bullshit, man. I mean, you can just do infinite combos. <laughs> But, you know, I could be talking about my... Uh, you can do a lot of infinites in this. You can do a lot. There is a lot of breakable infinites in uh, in this, for as far as I've seen so far. In, in, in stranger, weirder, more morally questionable news, have you guys seen the 30 seconds of Elden Ring footage that leaked? I did. The walking around, right? Yeah, walking and jumping, and that's And then that's I saw it. that it got delayed, and now it all makes sense. Elden Ring got delayed by only one month. Not a big delay. Not, not you know, don't lock up your daughters and change your passwords. <laughs> but now we have a chance month. to play it early. But uh, yeah, Matt, let's, uh, you, you want you want to click the link and do a reaction, or do you want to keep it fresh? Yeah, I, I just found it. Okay, so okay, let's, 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 hear, tree, right? let's hear him go through. He almost falls off a ledge, too. Right, yeah, yeah. A couple times. Oh, look, it's exactly what me and you both said. It's just fucking Dark Souls. That's literally what it is. But it's gonna be brilliant. Okay. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It looks fine. It looks it looks like what a From Software game looks like. And I mean, 
do it we not like from software dead. games? Uh, it yes, just we looks, do. Just looks like fucking. The the only difference is that it seems more open world and not like tunnely. I Other feel than, like that we're being harsh. If we saw like you know Sekiro just walking around, no, like no. No. Just walking around. Just walking around. Mm-mm. And if you saw a Dark Souls character just walking around. Walking around in Bloodborne You would die cool. in Sekiro walking around. You would die in Sekiro. There's stuff going on all the time. Unless you were in that, that place with the old man. Like, like Bloodborne has, has more original character designs that, that aren't like dark medieval fantasy. It's just a weird creative Victorian Lovecraft thing. I'm, I'm wondering where that energy went. It didn't go to this. But, like, you know, obviously, I'm pretty sure it's still going to, like, nail it. I'm pretty sure, like, it's going to be what everyone wants and stuff. Like, I'm not convinced. But, obviously, I'm biased because I, I, like, the game actually has to be fun. I want a more interesting setting. It will be. Sekiro is the only, Sekiro and, and Demon Souls, the first one, is the only games I've actually finished. There's a giant Norse world tree like in Valheim in the skybox. Well, I'm going to, I've already signed up for the early network test in November. I'm hoping I get to play it and then I'll let you know. I'll let you bloody know. It does make me wonder what the real trailers are going to look like. It looks good. The first trailer looked great. I have no idea what's wrong with you. Because I would be born of Dark Souls by this point. I don't think it looks like Dark Souls to me. I think it looks more interesting. You don't think this looks like Dark Souls to you? I don't think it does. Dude, it's like if I was showed you footage of Dark Souls, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I think it's even more like fantasy, mythologically. Dark Souls was kind of rooted in medieval dark fantasy, right? So a lot of castles. Did you just say the same thing twice? <laughs> <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is it's going to get 10 out of 10s and you'll both be eating your hats. Oh, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Sekiro was incredible, right? Death's Door got 8 out of 10s. I'm My faith in the number is gone. I get that, but we're coming off the back of the fact that the last game they did was an absolute Bioshock fucking... Infinite got 10 out of 10s. And look at look at how that's The aged. last thing they did was an absolute masterpiece of a video game. Right? Oh, sure. But it was. Sekiro was an absolute masterpiece. It's a good game. It was an absolute masterpiece of a video game. I don't know if it was an absolute masterpiece. It was fine. It was fine. It was, it was, it was decent. It was yeah. an absolute masterpiece of a video game. And you two are dumb. <laughs> Bloodborne was also a good game. Bloodborne's the absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing is, is that Bloodborne is not on PC, so it's, it's lower on the scale. Playing at like 20 mm. FPS. Yeah, you got to emulate it at shit. 4K is, yeah. is the real way to play Bloodborne. It's the real way to play Bloodborne. Mm, right, yes. right. And you yeah, saw that yeah. leak thing. Or like Someone tweeted at me like, oh, Bloodborne might be coming to PC and there's a sequel. And I was like, I don't know if this is true, but it sounds hype. We've been crossing our fingers for years, man. Every time Bloodborne shows up in some internal company presentation, not meant for public view, you cross your fingers even twistier. Yeah. I'm just going to let you two be dumb. It'll be great. I'm pretty sure it will be. It's, it's, dude, it's going to sell a shit ton of copies. People are going to love it because they're just, 
It's just like Nintendo. Like they're the equivalent of Nintendo fans. They just love everything Nintendo comes out. Oh, sixty dollars for uh, for any fucking short ass game. You know, let me buy that shit up. Fuck, Nintendo won't make anything else unless we buy it. Is like this whole argument and all this. Like it's just so weird. So uh, this hardcore fans. Me, I just I want it to actually be interesting to play. I don't. I can just play something else. There's so many games out there. I could just play something else. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will be. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. If it's co-op, then I'm definitely gonna try that shit out. Though. So speaking of the two of us being stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh damn! Snap. We we got to talk about NFTs for oh, a week. God. Oh god! Which uh, I, I am, believe I'm I'm sitting back eating my popcorn for this one. This is no, gonna be B E A B E A beautiful because I'm not involved this time. <laughs> Valve has banned NFT based blockchain based games from its platform in a uh, quiet and relatively sudden move that was noticed by a game developer of an NFT blockchain-based game before it was noticed by any journalist or announced by Valve itself, they added on their list of games not to publish all blockchain... What's the the actual real language? I I copy-pasted it on here somewhere. Applications built on blockchain technology that issue or allow exchange of currencies or NFTs. This um, news was broken from a guy who has a stake in the matter. Uh, A developer named Space Pirate said that a few minutes ago we were notified that Steam will be kicking all blockchain games off the platform, including Age of Rust. And then they say, because NFTs have value. Steam's point of view is that items have value and they don't allow items that can have real-world value on their platform they said, keep in mind that that quote is coming from the game developer, not Steam themselves. I don't think we have official quotes from Steam themselves on this matter. Um, which brings up a sort of, of contradictory question over why CSGO skins and Team Fortress 2 hats are allowed because those are virtual items that are being traded and resold for real value. The, the, this brings up possibilities of speculation that uh, much like Apple, Valve might not want third-party microtransactions on its store. Valve might not want to to widen the funnel for a potential amount of, of, of scams and exploitive loot box-style systems on their platforms. But for whatever reason, regardless, that's uh, that's that's not happening for now. Kaput. Um, Epic latched on to this announcement and ended up giving a statement to The Verge later that day saying that it is open to the idea of games that use NFTs or cryptocurrencies, Um, which also contradicts a statement that Tim Sweeney, uh, king of Apple, king of Epic, made a a month earlier in uh, which he said that we aren't touching NFTs as the whole field is currently tangled up with an intractable mix of scams, interesting decentralized tech foundations, and scams. Yeah, now now that the pressure is really, really on them to A, differentiate themselves from Steam's platform, and B, to live up to the ideals of their 
Epic versus Apple lawsuit of allowing as as much third party monetization options through their games as possible are totally latching onto this to contradict an earlier quote about how they weren't going to do it. And the commenters are absolutely applauding this. There, there, there's extreme negative reactions to the possibilities of video games using NFTs that stem from their energy efficiency, the the questionable resale value they have in the first place, the incredibly suspiciously high value that a lot of them have, which which suggests that maybe the money is coming from illegitimate criminal enterprises to drive up the the price of something that's not going to have a lot of resale value in the event of an economic or societal collapse. And uh also the hypocrisy over the fact that they already resell digital goods with the Team Fortress 2 hats and CSGO skins. So, as three idiots who uh, frequently get stuff wrong on the podcast, it uh, is time to bring up maybe some some uncomfortable moral quandaries about our personal experiences with this stuff. I would argue in this instance, we don't have an idiot. We have an actual expert at the current landscape of said topic. Not relating to video games, but to relating to what they are. Despite their negatives and and, and how bad they can be, Matt has has had a hard life and has actually managed to, to climb a few notches up the ladder thanks what? to selling cryptocurrencies. So I imagine that you might actually have a more complicated and informed opinion on this stuff than 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 we do. My opinion on these were were the same four months ago when I didn't make a lot of money on NFTs. And both of you motherfuckers talk shit. <laughs> and it's probably the same shit now. And that's why Liam's staying quiet. That's exactly what I said was gonna happen on Discord. Like, no, like. Okay, I'm just gonna answer the question. I, I could I could go deep on this. I'm not an expert, but I've been into this thing for about four months now, constantly, every fucking day. Yeah, yeah. I think I think expert might be a little uh, little little much. But I do think we're, we are. I do think we are underestimating just how much Matt is invested in this. No, George has always underestimated me, and he underestimated me back then when I mentioned this shit too. I'm just going to call you out. And if you're not on Twitter and if you're not on NFT Discord constantly and you're just sprouting out, not just you, George, anybody that it's scams, it's laundering and stuff like that, you know nothing about this space. And you have you, you have no you have no mouthpiece to you have no opinion on this shit. A lot of them are. There, there's the 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 ape game. The, they were gonna make an NFT based fighting game uh, uh, with, with some of those apes and the guy who was behind it. Like, didn't he kind of just sort of take the money and disappear? Who who are you talking about? Da, 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 da. It's called Evolved Apes. You, you didn't hear about Evolved Apes? Okay, let me explain something to you. The first time you heard scam, was it on NFTs? What, what, what do you mean? Scams, scams. Did it come from NFTs? Is that where the word was made up for NFTs? No, was it? Scams are everywhere. They're for every single fucking thing. Scam, there's always a way to fucking scam someone, especially with new tech that's coming out. Oh, because NFTs, the new technology that most people don't know any 
anything about new wallets coming into the fucking economy like constantly. Of course, motherfucking scammers are going to be there trying to scam people out of their money because they're easy and gullible and they're not reading on what they should be buying. It's the same thing with crypto that happened with crypto. A lot of people who made money on crypto last year, last year before it exploded again, made a shit ton of money, right? And all the people who had bought whatever, didn't do any research, just thought crypto, just put money in anything, got shitted on, right? And they're upset. People who get upset, they're poor and disgruntled, they're missing out, they're envious, whatever the bullshit is, they're going to be mad because they didn't do the fucking research and they're just buying shit. You're not supposed to be buying shit. That's why every, every person that talked to me about NFTs... I make sure I said, don't buy anything unless you actually look at it and maybe just don't buy anything at all and just watch. You, 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 it's your money. Like, what are you doing? You don't just put it into a shitty fucking house. Well, I was going to point out that, like, statistically, the fact is still that most cryptocurrency investors lose money instead of gain money. It is a minority who does have the time to do the research and already has, like, a, a big chunk of money they can invest in that are going to make gains from this stuff. I work 14-hour days, okay, George, when I was doing this. I bought those apes in the middle of a almost two-month job, okay? Like, and I never stopped at apes, and I kept learning. Like, when I'm taking a shit, I'm reading. Like, because that's not an excuse. Then don't, don't buy anything. Like, if, you're, if your first response to something new that is coming out is this is shit because I'm not in it or... Or this is shit. It's money laundering. I'm I'm envious of this bullshit or whatever. Maybe you should open your eyes to be more open and be like, okay, why why are they making so much money? That's a very questionable question. Yeah, I grew up poor. I don't want to stay with the poor mentality of just like just like constantly hating on everyone who's above me. Like, all right, you play hunt right a lot, right? Imagine. Right. Imagine, you know those legendary skins? You got legendary skins every time you prestige or whatever like that. If those were NFTs, right? You got them for just playing the game. Imagine, because NFTs only have value because people want them, just like money. We give them value. The community gives them value. Okay. Someone, all that NFTs, all those legendary skins that you spent hours playing that game and you can actually sell them. Well, but for like what use value? Like like right now it has resale value because there are rich people who are able to buy this stuff and drive the price up. But as the years roll on and as services start to close down, which is the Achilles heel of all digital commodification goods, is that their lifespan ultimately depends on how long the online services that support this stuff can keep it up. Are, are, are gonna last, then that stuff is gonna lose value. You think only rich people buy skins? No, I don't think only rich people buy skins. That's not what I said. You, I you, think, you think all these little kids buying um, Fortnite skins and shit like that, you think that's only rich little white kids? Buying these things? Like, no, no, I think rich people with a questionable amount of money who have questionable values are 
the first ones in the chain that are going to increase the value of this stuff for everyone else later on down the chain. It, it's the, the problem of trying to imagine who the paying customer of the product is and why they chose to throw around that much money on this. You also have to keep in mind that a lot of artists are having their materials get plagiarized and ripped off for a greater resale value than the original art because of the way NFTs work and how scammers are latching onto this stuff to plagiarize things and make money off I of it. I feel like you think the whole world is poor and none of them have jobs. I mean, statistically speaking, majority of human beings are way poorer than you and I and Liam are. Different countries, different things, but yeah. I think, okay, so just from... Going back to the Valve thing then, because I feel like there's no middle ground between the two of you on the opinion of the thing. And I do understand necessarily there is moral quandaries and also misunderstandings. But let me ask you a question then, Matt, about like Valve. So I would say from this, knowing a bit about Valve's terms and services, I actually think this is just a Hail Mary for them to deal with one thing that's in their term of services, which is apps that run in the background, uh, like on Steam and stuff like that, if you have a game that you sell on Steam, and if it does not, like, when a player or a user closes it, if it runs as a background app on your computer, so, like, if there's a bug and for some reason it runs in the background, you can get kicked off Steam because you are not allowed to mine crypto or create an app that potentially runs in the background and mine stuff in Steam's team, uh, terms of service already. So with that, I think this is kind of a Hail Mary towards getting rid of those because they're becoming more and more of those because they're exploiting the Steam system to get into people's things and then, you know, running in the background on people's computers without them knowing, mining crypto, you know, incidentally. I do unfortunately think just like how DLC and loot boxes became a thing, I do think NFTs for video games is going to be a more mainstream thing in the future because I do feel like users get some more of a benefit from buying just DLC, but buying DLC that is personalized to their game that they will never get or nobody else will be able to play. A costume, a hat that no one else will have, right? That's the appeal of NFTs, right? They are mezurashi. They are rare. So... I do think Valve will eventually go back on this decision once the tech and the moral quandary in which it sits at the moment about environmentalism and also the fact that it isn't regulated, right? But that's the whole point of crypto, right? If there isn't any more stringent rules. So with that kind of thing, though, sitting where NFTs and crypto is currently, Matt, do you think like companies approaching it this way and hell marrying and kind of getting rid of it for now and just kind of waiting and sitting on it because well when they know you know it's more mainstream and it makes money they'll fucking retroactively change that decision oh, like absolutely. that right mm-hmm. but why do you still think right now that even a company like Valve, which definitely have done their research, will have people in Valve who have own NFTs or buy NFTs? I, I imagine Gabe Newell has an NFT. Like most people in big tech for sure have an NFT at this point even just now out of pure curiosity, why is there still not like a legitimacy switch in terms of like bigger companies approaching this thing? Blockchain technology is definitely a thing that's going to go forward. NFTs is kind of just a byproduct of crypto and that kind of thing. They're like that that nebulous spinoff at the moment that is like the bad boogeyman. 
Because crypto has never been a thing that people, apart from the environmentalism side, have ever really had a problem with. But for some reason, NFTs, very specifically the idea of NFTs, is the thing that people have a problem with. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't know if this example really really hits, but like back then when VR was becoming a thing, like everyone, it's like, oh, it's too expensive. It's too this, it's too that. Ah, oh, fuck it. We all need it. Everyone talks shit. Everyone's, it's because the mainstream is not on board. And when the mainstream is not on board, people are not gonna, big companies are not gonna in, in like invest in it. And they, they think the company has their best interests at heart, but the company don't give a fuck about the people. They don't give a fuck about that. They care about money. They care about like, okay, yeah, sure. Like they're just doing this to kind of cover their ass right now until everything kind of gets, they don't know what's going to happen next. Like no one knows what's going to happen next. Shit can go all the way down to zero right now or, 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 or something can happen to Ethereum. NFTs don't need Valve. NFTs don't need Steam. Axie Infinity makes 500 million monthly own client mm. they provide like like in in it's become a thing weird but in poorer countries they can play axie infinity and earn four times the amount in income than any of their jobs available jobs there it's huge in other countries mm. like yeah. a ton and it's because it's play to earn and when you battle it's like pokemon when you battle you earn these these this uh, a love potion and uh, Axie coins that you can actually trade and cash out. So that brings up the big question regarding NFTs on Steam in particular, and that is their use value for gaming. Um, there are, are are some NFT game developers who are tossing around the concept of a sort of metaverse sort of situation where unique NFT-based cosmetics or items can be utilized across multiple games. I don't know. That sounds a little a little pipe dreamy to me because different games so. are so different mechanically and systemically. I, I think that's the future. I've mentioned this before. Like being able to have your stuff be transferred anywhere, like that gives value to it. Like having that sword that, or having that skin in Hunt that you can transfer to that next game that you get obsessed with. All that work you did in Hunt actually matters. Yeah, but as a cry engine game, the way it compresses the texture of We're the cosmetic item might be completely different than the the dice EA Infinity Engine games. I don't think that- so. I I don't think so. I I don't I don't think I think NFTs have proved that it's not really how it looks. It's what it is, right? Like it's the gold shotgun that has a red tip, something dumb like that, right? I don't think necessarily. I think this is the natural evolution, unfortunately, of the way companies will monetize DLC and stuff like that. Imagine you're playing Team Fortress 2 in modern times and Valve was approaching a way of selling hats, right? What do you do? You do what NFTs do and you, not mint, but, you know, randomly generate a whole 10,000 hat set, mint it in blockchain and then those hats go in the game. They have corresponding, you know, corresponding visual items in the game that correspond to your mm-hmm. NFT purchase. 
and you're the only person in the world who has that red bowler hat for the engineer or something like that, right? That will become what I think online games, especially games that have skins and games that have visual cosmetics where you can augment the same thing that sits on a character in multiple different ways. I do think, you know, there's a reason big companies like Ubisoft are already investing millions into this kind of thing. Ready Player One? That shit's ahead of its time. All that shit you see in the background in the rooms, that's the, those are NFTs. But wouldn't the technology required to mint the NFTs still count as that, that third-party middleware Liam was talking about that runs in the background that you're not allowed to do? I'm not really sure. Maybe they would have like an NFT, NFT token identifier in-game that you input your NFT token thing and you can, I don't know, with your wallet there's things like uniswap and stuff like that you can swap things on different chains and they can check and then unlock it i'm i'm pretty sure that tech is not that you know matt's already alluded to it but in a game i imagine there's people already thinking about it especially if there's mobile games that are already using that kind of thing and they're tied to your accounts there's games being built now with all this stuff in mind yeah there's loads right like that cat that stupid cat game right or whatever it's called. loads like actual people, like actual developers. But that's a different concept than the metaverse. Like like the Axie Infinity game, it, it doesn't look like you're supposed to carry this stuff over into other games. No, that's a little bit different. And the thing is, it all depends on the game. It all depends on what we end up going towards. Like, you don't really know. Like back then when dial-up was happening, you didn't really know this would be the internet. Like this is just the beginning. Things... A lot of things are going to fail, and then from the ashes, things are going to grow. Just like VR, I'm pretty sure there's going to be something else that comes out that's uh, like inside-out tracking. You remember when we had to use fucking sensors? We don't need to use that anymore. That might be why my Valve Index is not working right now. But there were a, a shitload of science fiction authors who had already visualized the internet before it happened. The internet, I think, was a much, much surer bet than a lot of other technologies that, that have come out and, and surprised people. Big companies latched on the internet right away. I think because we're just more comfortable with it now. It's just become daily life, this. You can do anything, literally on your phone. Like uh, That's that space, <laughs> space Jam sure did capitalize on making a website right out the gate. I think it's just going to be one of those things that gets tied to everything, right? But I think there's a couple of boundaries that need to get overcome. The, the moral quandary of the environmentalism is... A tough one. But the thing, but, okay, the environment, like, do you guys drive a gas car? Like, no. are you ordering no. from U- your acai bowl from Uber Eats? Like, no. what, what, what is, what is, ha- well, okay, you guys don't, but it's, there's plenty. Uh, not like people got much of a choice in the matter anyway. Wait, let me ask a quick question. Do Uber people in America drive cars to deliver your shit? Yes. No way. Yes. How do they afford the gas? Everybody in Japan is a cyclist. That's the better way to do it, for sure. But you live in, like, a small town, so you can stay in that small... I live like, in Kyoto. It's not that small. We were talking about Austin, Texas before. It has more people than Austin, Texas. Uh, okay. Really? Holy shit. The two 
big marks against NFTs, number one is the environmental cost. Number two is the use value, not the resale value. They have value right now, but what can you do with them in the future when times change? And that's, I think, a, a very difficult question that's going to face all digital commodities eventually. And I wonder how well consumer confidence is going to last in the generations ahead when services that market them gradually start closing down. For example, I had a very, very small library of direct-to-drive games when uh, digital distribution was first beginning and they were actually cheaper than the physical retail versions. And it's gone away. It's the, the service is gone. What my my two get Age of Empires and Leisure Suit Larry. The only I, I I have pirated backup copies of them, and I think that's legal if you already purchased them in the first place. But the service is gone. And I gotta wonder if like when when it's no longer cool anymore and a generation of kids grow up without without having that 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 future shock of stuff being cool of oh downloading games instead of going to a store. Like is is it really gonna last? Like, 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 can you raise a kid for 18 to 21 years doing this right now? George, you don't know. It's new tech. You don't know. That, that's the thing. Not every NFT is going to be worth everything. That's, that's impossible. It's impossible. Certain ones will last forever. CryptoPunks have lasted for years because they're they're one of the first. They weren't the first, but they were one of the first. And now they're worth a half a million dollars when they were given out for free. It is something that you just don't know until it happens. If the team develops something that becomes their brand and it extends outside of just having a picture of whatever. This whole focus on this, like, oh, NFTs is a picture of an ape, a picture. Like, there is artists out there making a living for their, I mean, absolutely beautiful art. No utility. It's just fucking art. And people are paying for it. Not a crazy amount of money. Some of them, yes. But regular amount. 0.1 Ethereum. Whatever it is. $300, whatever, the same same money that you will pay at a gallery, even less, I would say. Yeah, actually, I was just about to say, actual physical art gallery collecting has historically been a reliable front for laundering illegal money. That's why paintings are so suspiciously expensive. There's going to be laundering everywhere. I mean, there's laundry mats everywhere that have no people in it, and I swear to God. It's just like uh, people making coke in the back. At least the laundromats are providing their community with the service. <laughs> I really don't understand like how you guys dwell on the whole scamming, money laundering when you guys don't even look to see like there's so many people that you can talk to. Twitter everywhere in the space. If you actually get into the space. If you actually get into the space and you could see that they, these are real people, <laughs> these are real people who literally came into the space with nothing, nothing. Well, well when you're investing, you got to spend money to make money. So they already had money to spend. And some of them did not, dude. I mean, A lucky for minority. every story that say that they invested, there's another story who literally got something for free and flipped it. But there's also a bunch of people who don't make it. That's fucking life. Like what? Like what are we even talking about here? Well, in, investing. I, I guess because my life has been so fucking different 
than the normal person that literally when shit fails, I don't just crawl up in the fucking ball and say, oh, no, poor me. I learn from the lesson and kind of kind of fucking move on with my life. Shit. You like think that's what. I don't know. I, I, I am. I'm biased because I'm I don't go for the negative. You know what I mean? Like I pay attention. I observe and I take a risk. Maybe just the first thing when you hear something that's totally absurd. Don't go straight to the negative. Right. Like not just you, George. I'm not just talking to you. Just maybe be more open minded. I'm just saying as a life as a life lesson, not just NFTs, just just anything. Just when when it comes to investments that are not risky, I uh, I, I I think I'll stick to to college educations and 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 a house or two. Oh, oh okay, George. Okay, but like, there's plenty of people who have quit their job, like move somewhere, build a business, and made it for themselves, right? But if they didn't take that risk, they wouldn't have done it. Right. Because people are scared. But some people have kids. How do you do that with kids? How, like every there's there's issues everywhere. Everyone has their own shit to deal with. I do feel like that was a weird one, considering most people don't get jobs related to their degrees. And also we've gone through three housing crisis and bubbles, even during yes. the fact that we've been alive. Shit pops all the time. I remember the first house I bought well, it was 50,000. And now how much this shit now is fucking hell. It's gone up a lot. It's gone up a whole lot. It's gone Houses up a whole historically lot. rise in value. College educations has historically been the most reliable way to increase your income later in life compared to earlier in life. Listen, I, I understand most people are probably going to uh, hate me for ranting on this stuff. But like, listen, like, I don't even know how to even express that there's probably more to this subject, NFTs, crypto, than what your friend has told you or whatever or what you've looked up on Reddit. Just saying. I, I, after being in space for just four months, just saying. And, and that's just NFTs. I've been in crypto for for a couple of years. So are there like resources you can guide us to? Readings, articles? I mean, I could give, I could give everyone like a whole Twitter um, list that I make. Something I can I can put in the description to to clarify your viewpoint. I can, and you're gonna see a lot of a lot of weird shit. You're gonna see like you're gonna have to like really understand the language. You're gonna understand that some people engagement farm on Twitter. You have to understand that you know people just they're weird. But there's also people that I can show that are real who help the community, the new people coming in who have discords that you can come in and ask questions and actually understand what is happening. Why is there such a shift to NFTs? Why is it, why do you see it on billboards? Why do you see a fucking ape in Times Square? Because someone paid for it. Someone paid for it. I mean, it's not the company, like actual, the people, the people who own the stuff. Like, oh yeah, let's, let's just fucking do it. Like people make music for the IP now. Like they, they, it's like part of a community when you buy some of this stuff. It's a lot. It's a lot to digest. That's all I'm gonna say. Maybe there's more to it than just mon money laundering. Maybe join Matt's Matt's money laundering scheme next Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like the yeah. reason why a, a, a modern art painting that would just be scribbles on a canvas can go for millions and millions of dollars is is that there's a 
a jewel thief or a drug dealer or something who wants to turn their their criminal money into legitimate money. It that's why a lot of things throughout history that have had suspiciously high resale value but very very low use value have sold for that high. Yeah, if I listen to you guys back four months ago, <laughs> I would have cried. But I'm glad I don't listen to anybody but myself. <laughs> like, like if, if, if you know, society collapses, and and the electrical grid goes down, and when it comes back and society is recovering, I I wonder how much society will value this stuff. The laundromat would be a more valuable service in that event. I cashed out some of the stuff, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. And now, and now you're stable, and you used to not be. And ultimately, I feel like that... No, I was stable before, George. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't remember me? I said I worked for, worked for Facebook and Google. I was stable before, George. I worked hard to get to that place. Do not single me out as someone who just dumped money into fucking NFTs to get rich. I was fine before. I remember you getting robbed in a crappy house in a crappy situation a few years ago. That was when I was in Georgia. Took a risk, sold everything, came over here, and then I had shitty time. Yeah, and I and I, I built myself up here. I was nice to everyone. A nice person told me about NFTs. I looked into it, saw opportunity, got into it, learned about it, followed everybody in the space, got in all the discords, learned more about it, didn't really understand it at first. Still, still, lot to learn. And then, yeah, I made more money off of the money I was I was making at my uh, at my editing job. You know, and shit, fourteen hour days, dude. Like working hard, working harder than anybody else because uh, a guy like me has to work harder than everybody else, especially in California. Because jobs like that don't come every day. So, yeah. No, I worked hard. <laughs> I worked hard, George. NFTs was just another stepping stone. And that's why I probably want to move and try something else. Texas. Racist state. Let's go. <laughs> Man takes big risks. I don't think we uh we 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 broke that news yet up until this point. No, no, we, we I I it's it's like still in the back of my mind. Like I was like, do I want to pay three thousand dollars to live by myself in California, or do I want to get a nice big place for less than half the money in Texas? Land is cheap in the South. Land is cheap. It's just you know, I just got to make sure I have cameras. And uh, I can hold a gun in Texas right now. Nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not into guns. I'm not into guns. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, oh, <laughs> I gotta be careful out there with these uh, these these boys out here in Texas, man. Because you had stories about getting pulled over by racist cops in Georgia, and that might happen again in Texas. Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, it happens everywhere, so I'd rather be paying for cheap rent so I can actually pay my uh, my ransom to get out of the fucking jail quite easily. <laughs>
Speaking of paying ransom and getting out of jail, um, we should uh, pay our fans some fan service and answer their questions. <laughs> I, I suppose that is our version of of having a Hot Springs episode where 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 some token nudity happens. Instead, we answer people's Ooh. questions coming in from from the inbox and the Patreon listener questions channel. That's the same thing, right? Remember Aubrey? Yeah, of course. Remember Aubrey? <laughs> Aubrey's got one. If you could choose any video game IP and make it into a theme park, what would it be? Are there any food or attractions you think would be especially interesting? I don't know why my mind went to Uncharted first, but uh I want a hokey a hokey cheesy Castlevania haunted house. That would be cool too. With uh, a gift shop that sells wall chickens. You you uh Open up a wall and and they serve you your food behind it. Some type of VR thing with Uncharted would be pretty cool. What's another one? What would I want? Honestly, I've got no clue. Uh, a hokey, cheesy Dark Souls haunted house would be fun, right? No. A lot of hokey, cheesy haunted houses, I think, could could work off of the video game concept. If they could make a Metal Gear Solid escape room in Tokyo, the possibilities are huge. Remember the, the Metal Gear Solid room? Yeah. Yeah. That was like classic. The one you didn't enjoy? No, I did. <laughs> I had a blast. You couldn't film it. That's what it was. Is that how you remember me? Like, I remember editing the video where me and Patrick were like looking at each other, grinning, going, video games suck. That was the real deal. But I guess I'm just like <laughs> in such a rut right now that, that that's what the memories of that become through you guys. Ah! Back to the theme parks. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid Escape Room. Bring it, export it. The rest of the world needs to know. I honestly can't think. There's so many. Nintendo Land just opened. They have like an actual about. Mario Kart Go Kart course. Donkey Kong Log. Well, they don't. It's it's a yeah. You know, well, when you do it, you'll know what I mean. It's not exactly what you think it is. Oh come the that's such a uh, how can they fuck that up? Well, they did. No! <laughs> so the Metal Gear Solid it. room was so good that it's like Careful proof of concept. Uh, um, um, what's a popular video game? Any of them at all. I, I, I've been, you know, I play a lot of Hunt Showdown, right? And, and there's, there's cosplayers in the woods in Russia who will pretend like they're in Stalker. I could totally imagine cosplayers in the woods in Louisiana <laughs> pretending that they're in Hunt Showdown for an attraction. <laughs> and you got to shoot real humans. Yeah, they could have real guns. Um, oh, oh, geez. Cool. Yeah, uh, mm, the thoughts. What, what I mean, the possibilities. Let's get creative, guys. There's just so many options. How can your mind be blank at this? I feel like Matt had a good one. The Uncharted one would be pretty good. Uncharted VR experience? Yeah. Not even VR, you know? Yeah, like Something a little bit better than the, sh the shit that they have right now, though. Stuff that falls apart. Like, you know, like a Takeshi's Castle yeah. or a, 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 what is it? The, they, call it, they call it Sasuke in Japan. What do you call it in America? Ninja Warrior. Mm. Okay, so a Ninja Warrior style obstacle course. What game would fit with that? Fall Guys, of course, but I feel like that's too obvious and new. And <gasps> there you go. People dressed as beans running on a Fall Guys. There you go. That's the perfect one. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be that's fun. That's all I want. Injuries. Injuries. No, no, no. Because you would wear the bean costume. You know, like those Zorbing balls. An Among Us themed escape room. Oh. So that you and your friends could... 
play. You, you press a button, you know, like the Metal Gear Solid room. They somehow shoot you and they manage to make it work. <laughs> it was a laser gun. You had a laser tag uh, vest on while you were in there. That's how they did it. Um, I could, yeah, I could feel that. I could feel that. Oh, but the Fall Guys one, if you were wearing like a Zorb, you know, those big inflatable balls that yeah, you can climb yeah. in. Like, you know, some form of bean suit that was like that. that if you fell over, you just rotate it. And if they run out of bean suits, you can you can have an inflatable Pikachu costume. Yeah, you know, like inflatable fat sumo suits. Dinosaurs. Yeah, wear. yeah. Those are a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good one. That's the best one. Good job, Aubrey. Now build it. Mr. Boobles has a burning question. Dad and sons, is Felicia from Darkstalkers a furry? I think if you like her, you yeah. are a furry. Really? Ooh. Because I gotta say, the the George thing that I primarily remember about that character is that there's a, a a distinct lack of fur on her. Yeah, there's like the bare minimum required. So, but she has the big floppy ears. So, so we gotta we gotta decide what the the fur to ear ratio is in order for it to count semantically as an actual furry. Mm. Are they like? I don't know. Are they real? Are her, are her yeah, and ears real? Are her then ears yes. real? I'm sure there's there's a canon explanation. Wikipedia's first sentence is Felicia is a curvaceous cat woman. There you go. Then yes. <laughs> there's your answer. And if you like her, you are a furry. You're, oh you're my god. Furries. Okay, so if the character is like 90% human and 10% animal inspired, not even animal, just animal inspired, that's all it takes? Yep. That's it. That's all. Huh? If you really? like, what is Lola Bunny then? Lola Bunny is way more of a furry than Felicia is. I don't know. She's pretty humanoid. Felicia has like beige white person skin. Lola Bunny has actual fur on her body. I feel like if you're wanting to get down and dirty with Felicia, you are going to be touching some paws. And I feel like that makes oh, you. Yeah, afraid. I didn't think about that. My eyes weren't drawn to the paws. Or the claws on her legs, come to think of it. Or the tail. No, I definitely spotted the tail. Matt, what about you? You've been quiet. Are you a, are you a furry? You've been you've been very vocal up until we started yeah. talking about furries. Are you buying furry NFTs? Oh, that's your subject, George. Oh, right. that's why. Okay. I like how George's subject is totally like <sighs> cat women. <laughs> yeah, it's always furries. It's always furries for George. Oh my god, I can, we can't get Matt to talk about furry girls, can we? Uh, Spooky Soul for Rent has a question. What is the worst creative project you have ever made? Dad and sons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems but what about, a, but, but, but there has to be like a disclaimer here because definitely I've not released a lot of the worst projects I've made. Like, like I have gone through. Your Adam and Eve advents. No, those are good. I'll tell you guys one thing. <laughs> I had a video idea that I actually interviewed someone and started writing some material for that I ditched later on. And it was how Japan handles natural disasters in video games. That sounds like it would have been pretty insightful. For for Westerners, yes. But some 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 expats were telling me that it would actually end up like being a really disrespectful topic for all the people in Japan who have died in the past 10 years. W what I wanted to do was get into like um 
the, the insurance policies, like how how Japanese studios recovered during the the Fukushima yeah. crisis and stuff like that. How would that upset anybody? Natural disasters happen here all the time. There was literally an earthquake while I was watching Doom. A good friend I trust told me not to do that, and I decided to back away. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. Oh. I don't know why that would be a thing. Not, well, you can always revisit it. Yeah, I don't really know why that would be a thing that would insult me. That's like saying, I'm going not going to make a video on murders because people got murdered. I mean, if it's like a stupid YouTube video about dumb video games for teenagers, I can see how that context would definitely change things a bit. I don't think so. I don't know. You know, a stupid YouTube video by an amateur who doesn't know what he's doing. But there are stupid YouTube videos about everything by amateurs. Yeah, and it's made the world worse. I don't want to contribute to that. Well, then that's fair. Well, you chose not to do it. That's fine. So, so... Worst creative projects. Shoot, I can just I can just go down the list of my fucking YouTube channel. Let's see. <laughs> you know, besides the Dad and Sons podcast and OK Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why is Matt Visual Divorce in <laughs> autocomplete here? <laughs> when I put Matt Visual into YouTube, it is Matt Visual Divorce. Oh my god, people have been searching for that. Oh, break comes up. <laughs> The, the video I did like two years ago. Shit, two years ago. Yay, Liam Edwards' Curse to Golf is the autocomplete. That's good. That's really good. But we're not embarrassing ourselves from bad projects we made that we didn't necessarily have to release to the public, so it's not like anyone could look this stuff up, but... Uh, um, are you guys just immune to imposter syndrome? No. No. Hell no. I think you just make enough projects that they're all pretty bad and you don't have faith in any of them. Therefore, you can't really choose. I, I did some, uh, my biggest videos were six years ago when I did uh, Yandere Simulator. <laughs> Half a million views oh, on yeah, one. Oh, yeah, you've been. A quarter on another. I remember, like having a discussion with you over like whether or not you wanted to capitalize on yeah that. yeah eight hundred thousand views on on kidnap senpai so instead of instead of cashing out from like exploitive clickbaity youtube videos you cashed out with nfts yeah exactly i could i i just couldn't do that for forever I remember asking this other guy that was growing at the time because I actually talked to you two YouTubers back then. People were more social back then, you know, six years ago when people actually talked to each other. And now everyone's just like, oh, everyone wants something from me. No one wants to actually have conversations. Before Logan Paul, before Gamergate, before it all turned before nasty. All turned yeah, there, there, there are reasons why people were more sociable back yeah. then. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, and he was like, "Oh, just do it, man. Just do it. Just like you found if you find your niche, just fucking make the money." And I'm just like, "No." <laughs> and I needed the money too, and I was just like, "No." And I want to make what I want, and then I end up making what I want, and it didn't make me money. Um, but that's okay. I kind of enjoyed it, I guess. It led me here to me. Yeah, to Liam. I might have been. I might have been like one of those like. Internet douchebags, then, you know? I might still be an internet douchebag. I don't know. People are probably going to tell me that <laughs> after this podcast. 
Oh, Matt. So <laughs> I have a video that, that involved dead people I decided not to do. Matt has Yandere simulator videos. Liam, we're still, still waiting for yours. Oh, I had like a terrible what one year of making youtube videos when i first arrived in japan oh, doing final games i did not know you ever did yeah that. they did they're gone now <laughs> I, delete, I deleted them I was after, so after you're so after no no no, no wait, you, i deleted them after i once went into when i was it was in my first year of teaching when I once went into the elementary school I was working at and a kid had drawn me, sat on my floor, which was the presentation <laughs> of the, the shot in the YouTube video. And oh. he, he was like, DM sensei. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he drew on my arm, my tattoo. And he was like, tattoo, tattoo, YouTuber, tattoo. That kid had found my video somehow. That is, I have no idea how. That is precious. And I deleted that shit faster than like, I'm kind of, I enjoyed making, I still have them all on a hard drive. But you're, uh, you were so photogenic and so, so good with handling the camera. I was like, I was like, like, um, my rock star, I was still sweating off my rock star. So it wasn't, it wasn't the same Liam who was beaming in the spotlight in the Curse to Golf trailers. Yeah, it's not, um, yeah, it's not that. (laughs) Wow, I I can only imagine. I don't even want to see the real things. I just want to imagine. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm I'm wondering if like I have a hard drive here somewhere that has it. I hate that I had my first YouTube channel that was before Matt Visual called Guru Shah, and I used to make like Call of Duty videos, and I can't get back into it. I think YouTube deleted it, and I've been trying for years to be like, man. Come on, I gotta remember the password. Like your password was too good. Yeah, I was just like, fuck. And yeah, I don't I can't even find it on YouTube. It's like fuck. I wanna see these videos. I wanna see how I looked like, what I was doing. Like the time capsule, yeah. right? Isn't it reasonable to keep a backup copy of your work so that you can cringe at it in the future? Well, YouTube exists. Oh my god, oh my what is god. this? Liam. <laughs> Is that Liam? Oh my god, Liam! Oh, <laughs> Liam! No! You, you really uh, got yourself together, huh? Liam, that is not a good picture of you, Liam. You look so much hotter now. Holy shit. I'm not holding back, Liam. Holy shit. <laughs> Liam just posted a screenshot from, from his olden days, and I, I want to know... If we want the listeners to see this or just nope. imagine. Imagine. You can imagine. All right. All right. Liam looks looks the same, but pull him apart a little bit. Like he, his neck is kind of not there. Oh, okay. No, there's a neck there. <laughs> You're also picking pictures with your mouth open. <laughs> yeah. You kind of got a mullet. Like imagine Liam with a, a big, hairy, greasy mullet. That was, wearing yeah, plaid. That was when I had long hair. It was not greasy. How day? And you know, the, this his skin is kind of green. God. J- drool coming down his chin. Is, is this how people look at me when I was big? And then compared to like, because Liam, you look hot now. And then this Liam, this Liam was average. He, he, he has on a Trump 2016 shirt. <laughs> That's full nerd. Full nerd, Liam. Look at this. See, there was a small stint where I did some videos. Oh, wow, Oof. dude. 
the listener's mind's eye are, are absolutely creating a beautiful Dude, image right he has, now. He has nice hair, though. Sure. He did have nice hair. And you have a big shelf of video game memorabilia in the background of the shot. Of course. Look, that shit, that shit is still behind me, even to this day. Look, that shit's over there. Is that a uh, Game Center CX thing back there? No, that is that was a Super Mario Maker thing. Oh. It was like promotional material. This is seven years ago. Jeez. You still look the same, though. You still look young. No, you don't. No, 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 no. I'm Well, obviously, there's a huge difference. There's a massive, a massive difference. <laughs> a, ma- a massive. Uh, emphasis on massive. <laughs> oh, oh, I was emphasizing the ass. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't see the ass, but I'm pretty sure it was big. Massive assive. Your face is just so different on these. Damn, dude. I'm like... 30 kilograms heavier than I am now. How many how many freedom pounds is that? Oh, that's 60. Oh, Jesus. 66 pounds. 66 pounds heavier, boys. Oh, yeah. Man. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, so you actually then like know know what it's like when when people treat you differently before and after you lose oh, weight. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't know. Actually, is. I didn't know that, yeah. Liam. Matt and I were talking about that. Liam, you could have been talking about that this whole time. Yeah, because people treat me completely differently. Because I'm still in that phase. I'm still like trying to shed off like oh, an extra an extra 10. You're a stick now. You're a toothpick man. I mean, we don't know what you look like naked, but you do look like a, a sticky toothpick man with clothes on. So it's funny because we're making a video right now for Cursed that will go out at some point. But you know, if you look at the trailer, even then, I've still got that chin going on. And that shit's gone now. Oh, that is such minuscule little touch-up work. And even that is 11 pounds. Oh, freedom pounds. Yeah, 11 freedom pounds since that cursed trailer came out in August to now. I've lost that, and I'm aiming for another 11 pounds. You know, I'm kind of a rugby player size at the moment. Like, you know, some muscle and fat. I just want to just want to do muscle. It's annoying to try to do both. I've learned mm. to... Just stay below 200 and constantly gain muscle, and just that—that's that's that's, yeah, that's I know. what. I know. Slowly do it, <laughs> because man, when I eat, I gain strength, but my God, I get real big. I get chunky, and then I can't fit into my clothes. Yeah, I have actually recently bought. I'm so I'm super happy. Recently spent loads of money on clothes here in Japan. At H&M, which I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but H&M, L-size Japanese. Oh, baby, no XL Japanese, which is L for Americans and Europeans because XL Japanese is not what we consider XL. But I'm not in XL Japanese anymore. I'm in L, which is like an M in the UK. So I feel like bada bing, bada boom, boys making progress. What about Uniqlo? Uniqlo's weird. I only buy cotton t-shirts because I don't like, you know, the flimsy thin t-shirts. The Uniqlo is from Japan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not cotton t-shirts usually from Uniqlo. So I don't I don't buy them. The the easy pants, those those pants are really good. Yeah, but dude, no, no, no. H&M here, H&M here in Japan, the easy trouser slacks are magnificent oh they might they must be the same thing because like i have a couple h&m pants but i 
the Uniqlo just kind of stretches and really grabs the quads. You know what I mean? But both of my favorite pants places. <laughs> oh, the slacks do too. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely do too. Get a pair, guys. Get a pair. So good, so good. Love it. If you ever needed motivation to lose some weight or anything, if you're struggling, here are three dudes who have gone through it. Pain, pain, and suffering. And you can watch you can watch my videos and see you can how I progressed as well. You can't watch my videos, but you can imagine it. Just imagine an old fat mat um, version of Liam. Except I think I was way bigger than Liam. I was definitely way bigger. Yeah, let's not uh, dis- discredit how how much you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was over 300 pounds. Yeah, it was it was a big chunky boy. Yeah, I was never that big. I think we should all go like lift weights and run on the treadmill now. Well, I'm hoping we can wrap this up because I'm waking up early yeah. to go to the gym like a champ. Yeah, while listening to your your favorite okay podcast, right? My favorite failed creative project, the Dan Sons Pope. Don't at me <laughs> because I won't respond. <laughs> <laughs>